welcome to a new podcast where we're breaking through and breaking it down with a new girl, your host, Dawn Piercy. Welcome to a new podcast. My name is Dawn Piercy. I am your host. I am pleased to announce that we have brought you Carolyn Bridget Kennedy. Now, she is an award-winning actress, writer, and producer, and you may have seen her on such TV series as Heartland, Fargo, uh, The Bridget Linden Show, uh, Danger Pay, and the 2016 short Super Speed Dating. Uh, She currently has a total of six nominations and three wins, which I will touch back on shortly. Carolyn, welcome to a new podcast. It's great to have you on as a guest. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. This is great. Absolutely. Now, from what I know, uh, you study at the prestigious and storied Beverly Hills Playhouse and their advanced acting classes. Now, the acting there has been described as possessing a naturalism and a believability. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit more about this and what it entails? Sure. Um, It's quite an interesting process, of course, because I came from Canada and my background was mostly in comedy at that point, although in other genres as well. And joining the Beverly Hills Playhouse, of course, there's an emphasis on all forms of, you know, dramatic arts ranging from, you know, dramas with comedy in them down to the very serious dramas. And I started to tackle in the very beginning some Mm -hmm. scenes which were definitely on the more serious side of things. And it was quite interesting, the feedback that I was getting that I learned I'm actually um, quite good with dramatic acting. So it's um, definitely, I think some of the skills from comedy have conveyed over to doing the dramatic acting, but it's really about, you know, adopting the character and kind of finding yourself in the character and conveying that in a way that is not acty or performed you know, you have to kind of become this and experience it moment to moment and have it be supernatural. And that's the thing that tends to resonate with audiences, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you have been applauded in the past for your work. Um, Your work has, you know, a a tendency to captivate your audience, uh, so to say, with the heart and the humanity that comes across in your character. Now, Carolyn, what age did you start acting? You know what? I didn't start until my late 30s, I have to tell really? you. Really? Wow. Thing. I spent over 20 years working as a paralegal in an office job, and it was not until 2011 where a friend approached me about um, the fact I'm quite comedic and funny to talk to in person, and mm-hmm. he said, Holy need to look into acting classes. And I thought, you know, acting, is this something that one can do? Is this, you know, a realistic thing to look into it? Although I haven't done it previously. And sure enough, I ended up connecting with someone and found out about an acting class. And at that acting class, the message was, if you're interested in being an actor and you're in the this area where it's not prominently known for film and television. Mm-hmm. There are a few projects, but it's not you know, a major industry. Um, you need to create a web series and put yourself online and make sure that people can find you and know about you. So it was right. that piece of wisdom and a couple of experiences um, being on different sets that kind of started the ball in motion with me creating the one woman web series that I did, the Bridget Linden show, um, which just recently reached 1 million views on YouTube. So, um, you know, one woman, an idea, planning, writing, 
learning how to create, mm -hmm. you know, a website, how to create a YouTube channel, learning how to videotape, how to light things, how to <laughs> edit the footage after and then upload it. And of course, the courage to do that right. when you are not, you know, involved necessarily in an industry yet where you're able to kind of get feedback on what to do or get mm -hmm. help to make it better. Um, but I really felt it was important just to begin and start by learning by doing. So that's right. kind of how I things. And, you know, I would never have imagined in my wildest dreams, you know, setting up my camera in my house and editing and lighting and filming and doing all this stuff would have led to something like that. But it's truly the act of just beginning. You don't need to know all the answers and know everything. Right. It's just taking steps to get going. Now, you mentioned about getting into character earlier. Uh, can you mm -hmm. share with our audience what it entails getting into your character and the difference it takes between getting into your character and the process of it for theater and the difference between getting into your character and the process of it for film and television. I know that we had touched briefly yeah. on this, but for our audience. I would say the actual preparation and finding the character is the same process for me. I don't change the process in learning about the character uh, when I'm approaching a project, whether it's based for film, film and television or theater. Um, perhaps what changes is the end result and the performance and how that's executed. But finding the character, I really believe strongly that all you have to begin with is the text. You have the words that the writer has given you, which are very deliberate. And I find you kind of have to play like a little CSI investigation, looking through the text of what your character is saying to understand what type of person she is. You know, what what words does she use? Why does she speak with no contractions? Why does she, you know, what are clues of things that she talks about to give you ideas on her status or her education mm -hmm. in life? Um, those types of clues really speak to me and of course the way that you know your character communicates or interacts with the other characters that are involved the situation that's going on her emotions um, you know the the entire setting of everything but I basically approach it by text only in the beginning and I associate the text I run the lines go through the text and see how it impacts me how it affects me mm -hmm. based on my experiences and my viewpoints and my opinions how am i similar to the character and how am i different from the character and then i will also explore a lot of negatives of possibilities if i decide right away i think the character is very type a mm -hmm. i will explore the character in a fashion where she is maybe the complete opposite of that and then i can kind of see where I'm right on my opinion and maybe some spots where I've guessed incorrectly and there's actually another layer to her right because we're not all single layers of human beings right there are multiple layers so I find the best preparation for me involves exploring things that are very opposite you know right. if I've noticed it's very soft-spoken and polite I'll try it being very boisterous and loud and you know just get an idea of what's what eventually at the end of it all through this process of exploration what sticks and what falls away right. and at the end when you remove all of that stuff i find you run it and whatever worked will naturally stay and whatever didn't won't but i think the biggest thing is you know being true and present in the moment when you're giving your performance whether that be film and television or stage mm -hmm. reacting in the moment to what your scene partner is giving you letting it land and 
you know, working off of that because it's a constant changing thing. You can't ever really plan how everything's going to go because if you make a plan to do something and it isn't a genuine motivation at the time when it happens, it's going to come across as fake. It's a good way to look at it. Absolutely. Comedy. Yeah. Comedy, yes. Carolyn. In addition to dramatic acting, I've seen that you are also immersing yourself in comedy lately uh, by studying improv. You gotta tell us about it. Yes, it's uh, it's amazing. So I've been training since I've been in LA. I did study improv in Canada at a relatively um, well-known theater because of its founder, Keith Johnstone, who is from England and kind of one of the founding fathers of some of the basic improv techniques used today. Um, so I studied at the highest level I could there in Canada. And then moving down to LA, um, I auditioned for and got accepted into the Groundlings. So I'm training at the Groundlings, which of course right. is the kind of infamous playground of many of the Saturday Night Live cast and kind of a breeding ground where people come to look to find, you know, the next greats that are moving on so you know it's quite interesting to be walking you know where will ferrell and Kristen wig and melissa mccarthy and these people have passed through and understand their training and background that gets them to be these great comedic stars creating these big bold characters and having these unique ideas even to write and create their own projects because the groundlings very much teaches you eventually to write based on characters you explore in your improv okay. so that's been experience and I really enjoy studying there um, it's very much a short form type of improv um, totally based on very big characters mm -hmm. and emotion very much what you see on Saturday Night Live type of training um, Upright Citizens Brigade is the other place where I've been studying improv okay. and that is Amy Fuller's improv school so her improv theories come off of Del Close, which is kind of out of a Chicago-based mm -hmm. background. And it's very much an intellectual improv. So I'd say it's like a writer's improv. Um, you're playing yourself and not escalated or elevated characters. And you're reacting to unusual things as they come up. And then okay. when you find something unusual that happens, you call it out and play with it and tend to see if that's true, what else is true. And then you expand and make the ideas kind of bigger and crazier as they go, but it all starts very normal and calm. So it's it a sounds, different. sounds like a lot of fun. Yes. And it's long form. So, you know, doing like a half hour of improv with initial ideas and then carrying those through and threading them through to a common ending. So it's very different, you know, type of thing as opposed to the short form quick, big characters, big emotions, and, you know, more cartoon-like characters that you're creating. So um, they've both been very helpful to understand, you know, comedy and comedic timing and mm -hmm. what type of training these people have had who are working in film and television and, you know, at the high end of things. It's just been absolutely amazing. Nice. Now, so our listeners know, um, and that they're aware, Carolyn is an active member of the Television Academy out of Los Angeles, Women in Film out of Los Angeles, Rain Dance out of Los Angeles, um, Women in Film uh, Los Angeles. Let's see, I've already said that one. <laughs> There's so many of them. Okay, Film Independent out of Los Angeles, the Academy yeah. of Canadian Cinema and Television, 
and Alberta Media Production Industries Association, women in film and television from Alberta, and also women in film and television in Vancouver, as well as the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers. Carolyn. <laughs> Yes. Would you like to add anything to that uh, before I go run and take a nap? <laughs> so much. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. List for right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe, you know, community and film community, um, you know, connections and relationships are very important. And I think, you know, art is only as good as when you connect with other people. So I really feel it's important to be involved in organizations and in your community, whether that be local or on a bigger scale. And I've just kind of always kept my ties with Canada. I believe that's important. You know, I certainly right. wouldn't several relationships or the importance of those memberships to me because they've been and still are a very important part of who I am. Um, getting into Los Angeles here and getting involved with organizations here obviously has been very important. Women supporting other women in an industry that's predominantly male, especially when it gets to behind the camera, mm -hmm. but even representation in front of the camera, I think is an important thing to be involved in. Right. Um, I'm a big believer a rising tide raises all ships. So the more ways you can engage and get involved with people in your community, the better the tide rises for everyone. So um, the Television Academy down here, of course, was a, a great experience. Um, I recently attended the Emmys, and of course, that was like a dream come true. I never would have imagined in my life that I would have been at the Emmys, and there, there I was. So, you know, it's kind of really an example to me that it isn't too late at any point in life to decide that you want to do something. And it certainly isn't a limitation on where you can take it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I've got to ask, how do you keep it all organized? That's an interesting question. Um, my brain doesn't really turn off at all. It seems to go pretty strong over the night if I have stuff that I need to be doing the next day that's on a higher level, whether that be auditions or callbacks or, you know, some type of shoot that's coming up or performance in theater, if anything like that is happening, I find I'm very light sleeping throughout the night and things are, you know, occurring to me mm -hmm. in the night that I need to think of for the next day. Um, for the most part, generally first thing in the morning, I just plow into what needs to get done. I keep reminders in my phone and my calendar. I have a long list of reminders and keep a desk calendar as well, where I keep track of things. And I just basically, the second something comes to me, that it's something I'd like to do or look into or be involved in. I right away get on with either signing up to attend it mm -hmm. or putting it down on a to-do list that I need to look into. And then I basically take advantage of those times when I do have a moment to sit down in front of the computer to, you know, look up things I'm interested in finding out more about and, you know, just basically moving every day towards something, you know, mm -hmm. deciding at the beginning of the week, maybe seven goals that are important for me to obtain and then making sure I tackle those seven goals, reviewing them in a week and setting seven new ones. Well, you know, it's awesome. always about As I say, ongoing progress. You are so inspiring. Very, very inspiring. I would have sticky notes everywhere. Myself, you know, I'm a note taker too. I have to write everything down because if I don't, there's so much. <laughs> Well, and I find if I don't write it down, it keeps kind of coming back and gnawing or else I forget about it. And so once I put it down on paper, I'm able to kind of let it go out of my 
thinking space of my mind and able to realize it's on paper. I will address it when it needs mm-hmm. to be addressed or look at it when I can look at it. It's not diverting me from focus on whatever I need to focus on at that particular moment. Okay. You know, and prioritizing. Yeah. Prioritizing is very important. Very, very important. Now, Tell us about the Bridget Linden show that you wrote in 2012. It's a one-woman web series, and um, I, like you said, it's gotten like one million views. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that, and where can we see yeah. it? Uh, it's online on YouTube. Um, okay. That's where, like I said, crossed the one million view mark right now. There's 125 episodes, which I wrote, produced, acted in, and directed on my own. Uh, It involved a lot of creativity, but it was basically coming up with what kind of character could I do and create by myself and be able to shoot, you know, in my own home and that type of thing. So scaling down, you know, with the producer's mindset of what can I actually accomplish realistically, you know, it'd be great to write a big scene with, you know, 10 people in it and, you know, special effects and whatever else, but how can you actually get that made? So I wrote with something achievable that I could do. And then I basically planned, well, these are the videos I'm going to shoot and this is where I'll shoot them. And this is what I'll have for wardrobe. And this is what the write-up is going to be about what was said. But basically I created this character, a woman in her late thirties who was single, strong and independent. And basically a woman who was saying it's okay to not wait to meet someone or have someone in your life to go do things and just encouraging people to try new things, whether that would be, you know, painting or going surfing or, you know, going snowboarding, whatever the event was to talk about, then I would basically give advice on things like that or advice on dating or other things. But I didn't want to make this character super serious and dry that it turned out to be, you know, a video of me in a beige turtleneck against a beige wall and a talking head. So I tried it to be a little creative with how I set up the filming of it and what the character would say. And usually it would be a little tongue in cheek thing or involve something where you'd start off wondering what on earth is she going to be talking about today? So that was kind of (laughs) the way I approached it was to keep people interested and wondering what the next video is going to be about. But I found it really started to cause a reaction with people. Mm -hmm. Um, I started build a strong following on Twitter at that time as Bridget Linden and, you know, kind of put myself out there in a way that people really respected and admired what I was doing or people would say, this is really the shot in the arm I needed to hear at the right time. And when I felt that I was affecting people and motivating people and reaching people with a bit of a message hidden in something fun, Mm -hmm. um, they conveyed to me the power of media and what you are actually capable of accomplishing and doing on your own. And of course, um, I can't tell you the number of people who have told me now that they are either writing their own web series or they are now writing their book or they are now, you know, working on something else that they wanted to do because they've realized it's not too late. Right. And I think that alone gives me so much purpose and gratitude that I see taking a bold step and, you know, maybe being worried about being embarrassed or what people would think was actually a very super important thing for me to do, not only for myself, but for other people. Absolutely. Now, in 2015, you created your first scripted comedy web series, uh, Danger Pay, which you've actually 
won an award of recognition for leading actress at the accolade competition an award of recognition as leading actress at the indie fest film awards and nominated for outstanding lead actress in a comedy at la webfest and the series actually even won best sketch comedy at an Asia Web Awards for Korea and an award of merit from the Elevation Indie Film Awards in Ireland. Tell yes. us about that, Carolyn. Congratulations, by the way, too. Thank you. Um, obviously, super amazing. And, you know, of note, it wasn't until I had that first nomination from LA Web Fest for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy that was May last year. And up until then, I had never been to Los Angeles. Wow. So to be living in Los Angeles now, when I had never been to Los Angeles just over a year ago, really blows my mind. So, um, yeah, Danger Pay, I worked as a paralegal previously in mm -hmm. my occupation. And I decided, you know, to kind of write what I know. And in a weird way, you know, mix a little bit of a reality of what is like working for someone. And then more so, you know, what is it like if maybe you were to work for someone who is very unconventional and a little out of the ordinary? How does a person handle that? Because you're now in this subservient position where you have to tolerate certain things. Okay. And especially if you are in a position where you're paid well and there are good benefits, there's a term that's called danger pay for having to put up with someone's behavior. So I figured this might be an interesting thing to explore is what types of unusual situations can someone be in? And I kind of morphed that together with another idea, which involved working in someone's home. When you are working for someone in their home office, you're now in a position where their work life and their personal life collides a little bit more than it does yeah. when they're in a workplace. So it was kind of a you know series of happy accidents of things that I wrote along the way. I ended up casting Brent McIntosh, who's an actor out of Calgary, but I met him in an acting workshop there. Um, the director was my mentor, uh, Neil Shell, who I continued to work with. And basically I kind of you know started to look for cast and crew to make this series mm -hmm. come together. Um, episodes one and two were shot about six months earlier prior to episodes three to six. And when we shot episodes three to six, I think, you know, the production quality, the gelling of the cast and crew, everything that took place on the two days of shooting those four episodes was like magical in the words of the director. Um, the comedy of what went on, the fun on the set, the mm -hmm. positive attitude, the skills and levels of the people that came to work on the project, everything just kicked up a notch from what I had done. So again, I would go back to beginning and starting because once you complete something wonderful things tend to happen to further it and grow it into something you didn't expect i didn't anticipate entering danger pay in any film festivals or having anything like that going on but after we filmed those final four episodes and the director said you know about how magical everything was that was taking place and filming and like beautiful moments happening of just sheer comedy. Um, it was it was really something I owed the project and I owed the people involved in the project to enter it into festivals and get it out there to be seen and promote it because it was a little gem. Nice. You know? Kind of like the domino effect. You yes. Know? And of course, Brent McIntosh, the male lead, also had a nomination for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy. And up until May last year, he had never been in Los Angeles. Wow. And typically, Alberta, he was getting cast in roles where he was playing 
you know, a killer in like the Amityville horror or that type of thing, you know, very, you know, rough characters. <laughs> brilliant, soft comedic side where he was a great, you know, person to work with, a wonderful energy on, on set. Okay. So, you know, great things happen. Absolutely. Now, can we see Danger Pay on YouTube too? You yes, can. you can. Okay. It's on YouTube. It's on my personal YouTube channel. I believe it's youtube.com slash Carolyn Bridget Kennedy. And there's six episodes, uh, the entire season one on there. Okay, nice. Let me correct that. It's on youtube.com slash danger pay series. Super speed dates is on my personal channel. Okay. Okay. And that's actually what I was getting ready to ask you about right now. Um, you won an award in 2017 at the Los Angeles Film Festival for Best Original Story in your first short comedy film, Super Speed Dates. Yes. Fill us in about that and give us all the goods. Now we know where to go, where we can see it. Um, yes. But the, it won an award of merit from the C Canadian Shorts Film Awards. And um, yeah, tell us about it. Well, that was an interesting concept. That uh, idea and concept for a film came to me overnight. I went to sleep with kind of a task from an acting group that I was a part of to come up with an idea of a short film that, that the various people in the class could be a part of mm -hmm. and something to film as a group as a learning exercise. So again, um, I went to sleep, woke up the next morning in between the workshop at about 5 a.m. and I had this idea. What happens if superheroes were to go speed dating, but not as their superhero selves, but rather just as their alter egos? Right. You know, Parker, um, Clark Kent. And if they were to just go to this speed dating event and be brutally honest and truthful without the women knowing that they're superheroes, how would those answers come across? Would they really be super guys? And so I kind of played with that and I chose, you know, my core group of superheroes, which was, I believe, mm -hmm. six. I had a group of five women. I ended up having to cast some people outside of the acting group. I believe all of the superheroes, with the exception of one, were cast. Um, and it was a matter of now taking on this bigger project where I was auditioning actors and going into a different, you know, type of filming. I needed a location which would be this upscale pub or bar and again you know to shut down a pub or a bar or a restaurant that's open during the daytime you're looking at paying a heavy fee to do that so right. creativity again forces you to kind of have happy accidents happen so I tried to figure out a way that I could shoot this entirely in my home and we basically rented tables got tablecloths lit things had wall dividers put down you know commercial carpet tiles on the floor lit everything so it was an upscale lounge and I actually have to say it turned out much much better than if I would have had the budget and spent it on getting a restaurant or a lounge because the colors of it just became these blues and purples and this almost comic book feel to this entire set that it actually added to the, the feel of the film but it was I guess you know a unique interpretation of something that people haven't looked at before you know when you look at things and they're deemed superheroes and to be the best of the best. Are they really all that great? Um, I just had fun exploring that idea and, you know, putting a group of women in a situation where they were going to be hearing these answers. And I guess that kind of came a bit inspired off the fact that I had personally attended speed dating events mm -hmm. and many times like I met unusual people. They may have been nice people, but sometimes just unusual where you're thinking there's just not going to be a match here. You know, they're too much into this or too much into that or, you know, so did, just, 
Did the women get put on real dates? Did, me? did they get put on real dates or was it no. all fabricated? Myself and four other actresses and it was a script written. So it's a 10 okay. minute short. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Now, is there anything that you're working on behind the scenes that you can fill us in on? Well, that would be always nice to say. <laughs> um, working, of course, heavily on auditioning and the you know process behind the scenes, but there isn't too much you can say until you're given a green light to say much on you're projects right. that are going ahead. Personally, I am working on writing. Um, I'm developing a short film, working on potentially another web series. I have a feature that I'm also working on as well. So it's basically a lot of development process. It seems to be so much of the iceberg is what is underwater and what people can't see. And then the actual glimpse of what's completed is such a small piece above the surface. So that's where I'm at. I'm at that pre-production development stage underneath that giant iceberg right now. So. Well, thank you for sharing with us what you could, because I, I know you can't always tell everything. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know that you're a celebrity spokesperson for the Auxilia Italia, which is a charitable organization that helps women and women and children. Um, mm -hmm. Can you what can you tell us about that? And is there any way that we can help? Yes, um, they have a website as well. So you can look them up and a presence on social media, Twitter and I believe Instagram as well. Um, and they do have a website where you can click and make donations. Um, they basically work in areas that are in dire need of help for women and children because they believe, of course, women are the future as are the children. And if you can nurture and teach women to um, either become better educated or learn to you know, care and produce uh, sustainable living for themselves, it'll be better for the children. And in turn, educating the children educates and provides a better future for everyone. Right. Um, so they're also working on providing increased health care in areas. They were recently involved in building and developing a hospital in Congo, Kinshasa. They've been involved with different programs with micro micro business loans for women, teaching them to start and set up their own companies. Okay. Perhaps it's a very micro budget loan where they're providing them with tools to do sewing and learn to manufacture and sew and create things. And it's such a low investment into these women, right. but it yields such a high return in their self-worth well, and the ability to, you know, look after themselves. It's a hand up, not a handout. It's a yes. hand up that everybody really is what they need because once you can learn to fine tune the skills that that one person does have and they're able to hone in on that sky's the limit sky's the exactly. limit absolutely so far and it has an ending and really you know when you're helping someone with a hand up you're teaching them to help themselves which leads to the next generation which leads to the next so Amen. you know it's global effort to reach many countries that are in need where i think oftentimes we're not able to focus and give attention to because we're living on the other side of the world and we don't right. really see or, hear or put our attention on what's happening. Now, now for our viewers, um, I've put a link right here on Carolyn's bio page. Uh, if you'd like to help and um, just click the link, follow, and you can proceed from there. Now, for our listeners also, where can they follow you on social media to keep up with what you've got going on? 
say, I'm everywhere on social media and I post a lot. So if there are latest developments and things that I can share and announce, I will always share them on social media. I love connecting with people and, you know, following and interacting. I feel it's, like I said, a way to communicate and make the world a little bit of a closer place. Um, they can follow me on Twitter at Carolyn B. Kennedy, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N, middle initial B. Kennedy. Same thing on Instagram at Carolyn B. Kennedy. I'm on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Carolyn Bridget Kennedy. Um, and those are basically the major platforms okay. that I use. You can also find me on IMDb to see my latest credits and what I'm up to there as well. And it's uh, www.imdb.me slash Carolyn Bridget Kennedy. And I have a website, www.carolynbridgetkennedy.com. And for our viewers, if you are on, and also our listeners, if you're on our platform, anewpodcast.com, I have provided all the links for you, um, for Carolyn, of Carolyn, so you can just click and follow. I've made it easy and simple for you. Now, Carolyn, what can you tell us about your production company, uh, Demore Duchess Pictures, and being the creative force behind that? Well, um, in all things in life, I think if you want to see something grow and move forward, it's important to be, you know, establishing yourself with plans for a much bigger future. So I initially thought when I was going to get involved in creating content and all that, I wanted to be involved with a brand and a little bit of who I am and the element of a vision for what I'd like it to create and what I'd like to do. So creating a production company with a bit of a, you know, opinion on the type of content I want to create and a focus on that obviously extends a little bit of my personal brand into my business and what types right. of projects I bring into action. Um, so I incorporated my company federally in Canada and uh, trademarked my Demure Duchess logo, which I had done and created for the company. I chose the name Demure Duchess only because Kennedy has this, kind of a hint of a royalty behind it. So I figured something with a royalty name, I kind of mm -hmm. would like to know that. And there was a, you know, a person I used to work for many years ago who nicknamed me as Demure. So I thought Demure and Duchess went nicely together and it just became a fitting name for the company and representative of what I want to stand mm -hmm. for. So, um, you know, I've created uh, Danger Pay and the Super Speed Dates film under that umbrella, and that is where I'm currently developing the rest of my content. I also have merchandise that's available through Redbubble, um, okay. t-shirts and books and, uh, you know, like journals and stuff, mugs, things like that, clothing that you can get if you're interested in getting something with the Demure Duchess logo, which in my opinion just represents, you know, a strong, independent woman who can accomplish whatever she wants at any point in her life. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Now, before we close um, our interview, is there anything that you'd like to leave our audience with? Hmm. Um, I guess just the motivation that you shouldn't let anybody tell you you can't do something. If you can dream it or imagine it or think of it, just start taking small little actions to more, towards what you want to do. In the end of the day, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. It's the motto that you need to carry. So. You know, make your decisions based on where you want to go and allow your decisions to take you where you want to go. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been great having you, 
uh, on a new podcast today as a new guest. It's been a pleasure and very, very inspiring. And thank you to our audience uh, for tuning in to a new podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you did, be sure to like, uh, share, and subscribe. And if you feel the need to buy me a cup of coffee once a month, you can do so at our anchor.fm platform, a new podcast. Until next time, this is Dawn Piercy signing off.